portion out of First Kings tonight, chapter number nineteen. Out of 1 Kings tonight, starting with chapter number 19, starting with verse number 9. <coughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter number 19, verse number 9, it says, And he came thither unto me, unto a cave, and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of the host. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets, and with thy sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break into pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. But after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? Let us pray. Most gracious and loving Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you, Lord. I'm so thankful for another opportunity to preach your gospel, Lord. I ask you, God, that you'll hide me behind the cross. Lord, that you'll send the preacher, God. Let the anointing fall on the hearts of the congregation, Lord. Give me clarity of speech, God. Give me wisdom, Lord. And I promise to give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, the church said, Amen. 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 Well, this morning on the way out the door, I heard in the back of my head, Sister Karen, she mentioned that it's not in the wind, it's not in the earthquake, it's not in the fire. But it's in that still, small voice. And so I went to the house today, and I was trying to prepare for a message tonight, and I was reading, and that kept ringing in my head. It kept ringing in my head a little bit. And I just couldn't seem to get away from it. Because I know us as Pentecostals, we go around and we see a lot of things sometimes. Me growing up, I grew up, and I was, I was in the Pentecostal movement. And we would run place to place, and we'd go around, and we'd see preachers here and preachers there. And, of course, they was bringing out the tongues and the interpretations, and they was bringing out the, the gifts of healing, and they was doing all these things in the Pentecostal movement. And those that was raised up in this, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes we got caught off guard, and we got cut up, cut up. Caught up in it sometimes where we go over there because such and such can prophesy a word over me. Or such and such so they can lay hands on you. Or such and such all they can bring a healing about. Or such and such they can just bring an atmosphere to a congregation that most people has never felt before. And I want you to know all that is of God. All that is of good in the measure and the way that it is. But I want you to know God ain't always in the fire. He's not always in the earthquake. He's not always in the wind. And we know 
on God. He was needing God to move in his life. He finds himself in a place that he is scared to death. Elijah finds himself in a place that he is running and that he is hiding and that he is fleeing from danger. He is running away from them that's trying to track him down, that's trying to kill him. And all of the while he's feeling ashamed of himself because he said, I'm no better than my fathers before me. He's so scared that he falls underneath a juniper tree and he says, Lord, why don't you just please kill me? Why is he running? For his life. If you go back a couple chapters. You'll find Elijah. A couple years before that. That he faces off. With the king of Ahab. Ahab did that which was evil. In the sight of God. More than all the other kings before him. He rooted up in anger. Inside of God. For how he done his people. King Ahab. And I even say his wife Jezebel. They raised up. Temples. All over the land. They raised up false gods. They raised up Baal. For the children of Israel. And so when they done this. God was angry. So he sent Elijah. He sent Elijah. And Elijah told him to his face. He said. It will not rain. As the Lord liveth. There's not going to be no dew. There's not going to be no rain. There's not going to be no fog in the air. There's not going to be no moisture on the grass out there in the field. And just thus say it so until I tell you, King Ahab. And he said, because of all of the idolatry that you caused, all the altars that you raised up, because you brought Baal to my people, this is happening to you. So the Lord, when he told him this, Elijah, he went and he fled. And Elijah, he held out in the brook. And God made provision for him. Yes, he, did. he stayed out there and he was drinking the water of the brook. And when he got hungry, God would send the ravens to feed him. And then he said he tarried there for a while. And God, he moved him over and sent him down to Zarephath, the widow woman. And he meets her and he tells her, he says, go, go and get me a something to drink. And while you're gone getting me something to drink, I want you to bring me a little a little barley, a little, a little cake, something to eat. And she says, I can't do that. She says, I only got enough for me. And I only got enough for my son. And I got these two sticks right here. And I'm about to go make a fire. We're about to eat this food. And then we're probably going to go die. And he said, hold on. He said, you go and you make me a cake first. And he says, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste and the cruise of oil shall not fail yes. until the Lord God sends the rain. Hallelujah. I want you to know, while he was there, her son, he got sick and he died. And just like Elisha, Elijah, he called upon her son and he prayed upon that dead boy. And God returned the life back inside of him. And Elijah, God always hears him. God always makes provision for Elijah. God told Elijah the third year to go down and show yourself to King Ahab. And he came and he seen King Ahab and he told him. And Ahab said, you're the one that troubles Israel. And then you're the reason that they're 
it is you. That's right. It's you and your father's house that has forsaken the commandments of the Lord and you followed after that false idol bell. Now go get your prophets that sit at and eat at the table with your wife Jezebel and had them come on down here to Mount Carmel and meet me. So Ahab, he went back and he gathered up all the children of Israel. He sent them over there. And he sent all the, all the prophets of Baal over there. And I want you to know Elijah's opening statement. What a bold man. He didn't, he didn't try to fedazzle the people. He didn't try to itch their ear. He stood up and he said, How long halt ye between two opinions? Yes. If the Lord God be your God, then yes. follow him. But if Baal be your God, then you follow him. He says, it's just me standing here. He said, I'm outnumbered. I'm outmanned. He said, I'm all by myself. I'm the only one that's representing the Lord God Almighty. And there's 450 prophets of you that's representing Baal. He said, so I got something for you. He said, how about you take this challenge? He said, we'll make two altars right there. I'll give you one and I'll take the other. And whichever God that I answer by fire, then that is the Lord God. And they said, I'll tell you what, that sounds good. He said, all right, since it sounds so good, I'll let you go first. And they start off right in the morning. They take that bullet, oh, they begin to chop it up. They throw it on that fire right there. And I want you to know they begin to cry. They begin to scream and howl. And say, oh, hear me, oh, Lord Bell. Hear me, answer me by fire. And I want you to know they cry and they scream. And they're expecting an answer from their Lord. Well, it says about noon, Elijah started getting tired. He was watching them, and it says he began to mock them. He said, oh, where is your God now? He's not, is he deaf? Maybe you need to cry just a little louder. Maybe he is caught up in a conversation somewhere. Oh, maybe he's doing this, or maybe he's doing that. He just can't simply hear you. It said the more that he mocked them, the louder and the louder they began to cry. Now got, they got so mad they started tripping out, they was breaking out the knives. It said they started cutting themselves. I'm sure they was rolling around on that altar trying to. It says that his blood was gushing out all over it. Waiting to hear from their Lord Bell. There was no answer. There was no still small voice. Nobody showed up. And Elijah, in the afternoon, or the evening sacrifice, it says that after all of them got tired of crying, probably bleeding out over there, it says that Elijah, he called the people over to him. He said, come around me. He said, uh, the first thing, that he's going to have to do. He's going to have to rebuild that altar. That's the very first thing. And me and my wife, we were sitting in the house the other day. And I heard Jimmy Swagger. He addressed this passage right here. He said, before a nation can ever do anything for God. I'm paraphrasing. He said, for a nation can ever get right with God, for a, for, for a city to ever get back on track with God, 
for a town to ever, to ever hear from God again. I'll say it like this, for life to ever be helped again, for a relationship to ever be mended again, for a marriage that can ever get back on track again, the very first thing people have got to do is rebuild that altar. Jesus Christ and Him crucified, that is the only thing that's going to bring life to a situation. That's the only thing that's going to change anything. you got to skip all this other junk, all these other philosophies, and go straight back to the only thing that can help you, and that is go back to that old-fashioned altar. Go back to where you can hear from God. I'm way off all these notes. Well, we know the story. We know... How Elijah, the first thing that he had to do, he had to go back and he had to rebuild that altar. That was number one. That was before anything else could go. He knew he had to go to God and he had to get back to that altar. It says that he he dug a trench around that altar. He dug a big trench around it. He cut up his bullets. They said he got his wood together and everything. And he told them, "This this ain't enough. I want you to... I want you to go, and it says, get me four barrels of water, and we're going to pour it on top of this altar right here. And they went and got, they got him big old four barrels of water, and they bring it over to him. He said, all right, now dump it all over it. Make sure you get it all over the wood. Make sure you get it all over the bullocks. Make sure the trenches are full, and they done it. And he said, all right, let's do it again. He done it a second time. They went and filled him up, and it says he came back. He poured it all over. He saturated everything. And when that was done, he said, all right, let's do it one more time. I want you to know, I'm sure there was water pouring out everywhere. When you pour 12 barrels of water on a sacrifice, it said that it filled the sacrifice. It soaked the wood. It filled up the trenches. And I want you to know, it would have been scientifically impossible to burn it all up just like that. And it said that the Elijah... When he finished all these things, it said he went to the Lord before the people. And it said, at your word, O Lord, I've done this. Hear me so they will know and turn their hearts back to you that you're the Lord God that's going to answer my fire. It said that the fire fell down from heaven. It said that it burned up the sacrifice. It burned up the altar. It burned up the rocks. It said it licked up all the water. It said it even burned up the dust that was on the ground because God was proving a point that he's still alive and he still answers by fire. So Elijah, it says that the people that they fell on their faces before God. They've never seen God display His His power like this. They have never seen fire fall down from heaven in front of them. It said they fell on their faces and they declared that the God of Elijah was the Lord God Almighty. Yes, thank you, Lord. And after this happened, Elijah, he was feeling pretty good about himself. He knew God and He always made provision. He always, he made sure he came through for him. He said, you see all these prophets right here, 450 of them. They're probably about 440 now. Half of them probably already bled out. But he said, you see all these prophets that left over here? 
He said, you gather up every single last one of them, not letting a single one of them get away, and I want you to kill them all. He had every single one of them slaughtered. And he called the king. He said, get ready. He said, because right now there is a sound of abundance of rain. They once was walking in spiritual wickedness and desolate away from God through the drought that was caused by their was caused by their idolatry, caused by them serving another God. They have turned their hearts back to God. They have turned their spirits and gave it back to the Lord. And it says, now, king, get ready, because there's an outpouring that's about to happen, and it sounds like an abundance of rain. And it says that Elijah, that he went up on the cliff and he began to pray, and he said he got down and he put his head between his knees because he knew how to be humble before the Lord. He knew how to get in contact with God. He knew how to get real with God. He told his, his helper, he said, go look and tell me what you see. He came back and he said, I don't see anything. Nothing. Ain't nothing out there. He said, you go back. And he sent him back seven more times. And on that seventh time he came back, he said, what do you see? He said, I see a cloud that looks like a man's hand in the distance. And the Bible says that the darkness and the storminess and the rain descended. And it said that the Spirit of God fell on Elijah. And he was running in front of the chariots all the way back in front of the king. And when he gets there, Elijah, feeling good, knowing that God came through for him. Knowing that God poured out a miracle, two of them, right in a row, right on him. He knew that he was doing what God wanted him to do. He gets there, King Ahab, he runs in there and he tells his woman, he said, Elijah killed all your prophets. They're all dead. God sent the rain by him. God turned the heart of the people from, him, from us. But he killed all your prophets. And Jezebel told Elijah, he said, just to let you know, let the gods do to me and more if you don't end up just like the prophets this time tomorrow. She sent word that she was on a chop off his head. So Elijah, full of fear, he ran for his life. He knew she wasn't playing. He knew what type of woman this was. He knew what kind of darkness she could, she could uh, I can't even say the word, she should succumb to. She done killed a lot of the prophets before him. Killed a lot of the churches before him. Set up bells, set up temples, and set up altars. And that was rolling and raining through the land to the fact that, that uh, Elijah said, It's just me left, O oh Lord. She was after him. She was going to kill him. So he finds himself in the wilderness. He finds himself discouraged. He finds himself, he said, one minute, I'm on the mountaintop. You're sitting down the fire. You're sitting down the rain. And here I am, afraid. And I'm scared. And I'm running for my life. And now, Lord, I'm so ashamed of no better than the fathers before me. I want you to kill me. Because I've discouraged myself, discouraged you. I'm, what kind of man of God am I? I'm supposed to be a man of faith. And it said that he was asleep under that juniper tree and the angel of the Lord came, poked him in the side. He said, rise up, eat. He got up and eat and said he went back to sleep. 
The angel of the Lord came back and said, woke him back up, poked him back in the side. He woke up, he got up, and he ate. And he says, eat, gather your strength. Then he went on a 40-day fast. And he finds himself fasting. And he finds himself in the cave. And the Lord said, Elijah, why are you here? And he said, for I'm jealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken the covenants, thrown down thy altars, and slain the prophets with sword. And I'm the only one left, and now they want to kill me. That's why I'm here, Lord. So Elijah was waiting. Elijah was looking for the Lord. It said that the mountains from the great, the, the mighty wind, the rocks broke the pieces off of it. But God, he wasn't in the wind. It said that the earth, that it began to quake, the ground that he stood on began to shake, the mountains, I'm sure, began to shake, everything around him began to shake. But the Bible says that God was not in that earthquake. And it said that there was fire that appeared. And the Bible says God was not in that fire. And then it says that after that there was a still small voice. And Elijah knew that voice. Jesus said, they will follow my voice. They know my voice. And another, they will not follow. Elijah, he knew what God sounded like. He walked with God. He talked with God. God was his father. God was his Lord. He followed after the heart of God. He knew when God spoke to him. He said, I heard a still small voice. Then it said that he got up. Then he got out of the mount. And he walked to the, the edge of the cliff. And it said that he covered his whole face with the mantle before he got out there. Just as Moses, when he seen the telling of God, it said that his face, it glowed so much that the people could not even receive him for three days from the Shekinah glory of God that was raining off his body. God was in the still, small voice, and he asked him, why are you here? And we know for a fact God uses these verses in ways to show his glory. We know that God has said that he parted the Red Sea with the east wind. God's in the wind. We know this. It said he brought down the walls of Jericho. I'm sure it was an earthquake. We know God was in the earthquake. It says that God, he burned up the bullocks of the altar right in front of Elijah and all the children of Israel. We know God was in that fire. But that ain't who God is. I remember when I received and I took my first opportunity to preach this gospel. When God was doing me, I know I've told this story before, but it's real and it's real in my heart, so I gotta tell it again. Before I preached my very first sermon, I was working at a place and I was a telemarketer. I'm a, I was a liar. <laughs> And I'd go there and I would, I would bring in money for the VFW and everything else under the sun I could think of. I was that guy called you and say, how you doing today? Yeah. <laughs> that was me. And, I, and I, uh, I took my call to preach. And I was about to preach my very first sermon. And it was on a Wednesday. And I went to work that day. And I told my boss I wanted to get off because I worked in Cersei. And I was going to be preaching over there at the PCG, my very first sermon under Paul DeHaan. And anyhow, my boss, he told me, he said, Jason, we need you. We can't let you off today. 
I said, you don't understand. He said, I understand I'm a Sunday school teacher is what he told me. I'm a Sunday school teacher. I understand what you're saying, but I can't let you go. I said, okay. I went back out there. And I sat back in my seat, and I was sitting there, and I was praying. I said, God, I need to get off. I'm not done. I ain't got my clothes. I ain't got, I ain't got nothing going on on this. I need to study. I need to pray. I need to, I need to seek your face. I ain't got it together. And I never have got it together since, but still yet. I was sitting there, and I was telling God, and I'm telling you, that still small voice, it spoke to my spirit. It said, Jason, you're going home early. And I said, God, how? You know, so there I got kind of arrogant, cocky, and I said, well, the Lord spoke to me, so I'll go back in there. And I tell him, and I said, listen, I know I asked you earlier. I gave you a little time to think about it. I know that you're a Sunday school teacher, but man, I need, I need to get out of here. I was, I was saved. I was trying to behave. I was trying to be faithful to my job. And he got mad, and he pulled them glasses down off his face. He said, Jason, I already told you once you can't go, so stop asking. So I turned around, I went back out there to my seat. And I said, God, but you said, you said, God, that I was going to be able to go home early. I know it ain't no big deal to a lot of people, but it was a big deal to me, and God knew it. My very first sermon to be able to stand up in front of people and preach this gospel. And I sat there and I said, God, you said I could. He said, you can. I said, he said, no, then how? And about that time, boom. All the lights went out of the place. And I got so excited, I jumped up, I ran a jig. People said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going home early. <laughs> My boss came in there and he said, guys, I don't know what just happened. But lightning just struck the transformer outside in the parking lot. And I'm going to have to send all of you home early. I want you to know God is telling me making us read him this. That he, he's not in the things of the fire and the earthquake and the wind. We know he is, but he's making a point here. Yes. Those things he does, but that's not who he is. It says that he's in that still small voice that deals with our heart, that deals with what's on the inside. Hallelujah. And that voice is always in line with the word of God. Yeah. Nothing you ever hear from God is going to be outside of the Word of God. Amen. Nothing in here, no direction, no correction, no anything's ever going to be outside God's written, established, up in heaven, Word of God. Never. As our favorite scripture is, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you want to know what God's saying, and you just can't simply hear from heaven. And it don't matter how low you get to the ground. Sometimes it seems like you want to say, God, is your ears stopped up? I think the scriptures say that God's hand is not shortened, that he can't reach down. Nor is his ear deaf, that he cannot hear. And if you just can't simply get to heaven, pick up his word, and God will speak directly into your life. Psalm says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. We've got to know God's word. 2 Corinthians 3.33 said, As much as you are manifest declared to be in the epistles of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, 
not on tablets of stone, but on the fleshly tablets of the heart. That's where God will always deal with you, on your heart. And like I said before, we've all been there. We've all been looking for a move of God. We all jump from church to church, preacher to preacher, evangelist to evangelist, wanting to hear a word, wanting to get a, a word of prophecy. That ain't what God wants out of us. God don't want us chasing after that emotional roller coaster. God wants to seek him for who he is. Wants to seek him in his word. Wants to seek him at that altar. Wants to get real with God because God wants to get real with you. Stop chasing all these fantasies. Stop chasing all these moves. If we ever want revival, if we ever want it, it's never going to be when we chase after the goosebumpers. It's never going to be when we chase after all the manifestations of the Spirit of God. It can only be when we come back to the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the only way when we get real with God and let Him rebuild that altar in our heart. God's a big God. He's a loving God. He's a God of first, second, third, fourth chances. He never gives up on us. He loves us. Now I'm going to stop right there. If anybody needs prayer tonight, let him come. If not, you know what you're talking about. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.